millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, you two. Tis old grey whiskers pestering you again. Right you are. Here we go, then. Now, if your listeners don't like them, their advertisements, things what keeps coming up on your chats on this newfangled sort of wireless program, all they got to do is pay for it themselves. A couple of quid a show will keep our Lucy and our Royfield out of them their food banks, what we hear so much about nowadays. <laughs> so go to that their Patreon, what sounds like a load of colonials all getting uppity, but it ain't. And they'll take your cash to pay for all that their technology thingamajigs. Just think about it. A couple of quid for an hour or so of chat and chuck it to yourself. Tis cheaper than going to the picture palace any road. Bye then. This is Dum Dee Dum, this show about the reality doggy drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the hydroponics venture that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the fish boo salad that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the future of farming, folks, is you. Now, Lucy, any yes. of our listeners, it, maybe there's a mother and daughter combo, mother and toddler combination, even a father and toddler combination that want to attempt a dum-de-dum. How can they do that? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Um Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for Lone Back Bedroom. Um, Derek hasn't had much take up for his pay for a favour offer, uh, which was nude cleaning. Um, <laughs> it's not the quality of the cleaning people were objecting to, it was how he stored the utensils. <laughs> He's a mucky puffer, Derek, isn't he? <laughs> On this week's episode, folks, we have, oh gosh, you know, Lucy, I, I, I don't know what's happened to Dum Dum recently. I know. But 
like a thousand and one caller in is every week. I'm not that I'm complaining, but like, you know, to listen to all the caller in is and lots of new almost, ones as well. Every week there's new exactly, ones. Exactly. Yeah. The, Proper fresh newbies all the time. It is absolutely wonderful, and we thank you. But bloody hell, like the amount of prep you got to do for Dum 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 now. It's not, like, not like the good old days, and you can just no, rack up five minutes before a, record, <laughs> a recording with you, Lucy, and go, oh, okay, couple of calls, one from Dusty, one from Witherspoon, bang, that's a show. It's like crumbs, you know, Simon, Joshua, Drew, Brian, Dusty, Witherspoon, Sasha, Red Agnes, Kitty, you know, Claire and Andy. It's like bloody hell, folks. We love it. Bring it on. Let's have more. But first, before our caller in us, it's our loose and our week in Ambridge. Well, the village was still reeling with the blink and you missed it bridge farm wedding. We heard all about the happy couple and the dress from Susan and Clary. Apparently, it was Empire Line in Chiffon. That was Tom, anyway. They didn't say what Natasha wore. <laughs> Sausage, Boy... <laughs> Sausage Boy chatted idly with Helen about evicting his parents from their house to go and live in a pig ark so that he and Natasha could decorate Bridge Farm with white carpets, glittery signs that say home is where the heart is, and bloody wooden ducks and blackboards everywhere. Helen sounded slightly Mm. thoughtful as she suddenly realised that Tom had given scant consideration about where she and the spawns of Satan may live, and as Piggy is planning on living forever, Helen will still be waiting to move into the lodge when Giddy Jack is drawing his pension. Kate suddenly discovered that being a homeless nomad wasn't quite so much fun when you were actually a homeless nomad and not one with the choice of a cottage or an ensuite in an eight-bedroom farmhouse. Lillian finally gave Kate the elbow after finding hummus up a dado rail and after the whole village put up signs saying no junk mail, no cold callers, no aldridges and painted big white crosses on their doors, Kate finally tried to smarm her way in with Piggy. Oh, Gran, it's mm-hmm. been ages since I saw you. I don't know why. Oh, maybe it was because you said I was a total waste of space and a terrible mother. Could that have been it? She took <laughs> piggy shopping, which, to be fair, is a proper ordeal. When I used to go supermarket shopping with my grandmother, she used to compare everything with the price of pre-war chocolate for some reason, and the whole thing took ages. So for about 90 seconds, Kate actually had my sympathy. She tried to urge Piggy into a mobility scooter, which Piggy saw as a slur on her agility rather than Kate's fundamental belief in grabbing everything you possibly can. If Kate had thrush, she'd demand a disabled parking space. Anyway, <laughs> they made up, went home and played gin rummy for Peggy's weed money and lots of aces accidentally <laughs> fell out of Kate's sleeve. Piggy eventually <laughs> relented and drove a hard bargain. 30 quid a week over your own room and all the cat litter you can eat, she said, cracking her knuckles. And if you don't, I'll take me teeth out and eat blancmange at dinner. Things are not happy. <laughs> Things are not happy at Brookfield. David is being kept awake by Leonard playing hectic Scrabble games with Jill. It's all very well, but she screams when he gives her the double. Then a sheep tripped over. <laughs> you can't hint at those types of things. This is a family what? show. Come I'm on. Talking now. about Scrabble. Then a sheep mm. tripped over David's finger and he dislocated it. People at Brookfield get very shirty about accidents in general. There's not a lot of sympathy, really, for illness. The person that's done the accident staggers about saying, oh, I'm fine, honestly, don't fuss. I don't need to go to hospital. If it drops off, I'll just put it in the freezer until we've got a moment. And their kind and loving family shout, stop being stupid. Of course you have to go to hospital, you massive idiot. It's not exactly tea and sympathy. 
Nothing much going on at Lower Loxley this week, except I do wish Russ would swallow that hot roast potato that is wedged in his mouth. And then he could stop talking like that. <laughs> anyway, he's now counselling Elizabeth and is apparently taking her camping with the weather brighten, so that'll be nice. Meanwhile, poor old Lily mm. was feeling down in the dumps as she's still force-feeding her mother and frog-marching her round the grounds. So she decided to do what every depressed teenager wants to do. Go to a pub with a 19-year-old swat with an over-the-hill barmaid singing When You Leave Me Walk Out Backwards So I'll Think You're Coming In on a wobbly bar stool in front of a group of salivating middle-aged men whose polyester slacks are sparkling with excitement. It sounded rotten to me, but according to Kenton, it went down a storm. People were yelling and shouting, he said. Yes, Kenton, to be let out. Emma came to the rescue of poor old Mia, who is living in the most emotionally unintelligent house in the village, poor love. Periods have struck, and Emma went through the whole thing with her. They can make you feel tired, irrational, and snappy, said Emma. Blimey, said Mia. I think Will's been on his period for years. <laughs> Krusty helped Helen clean her cheese room. I hope that wasn't a euphemism. Although at the moment, they're both candidates to switch sides, as Krusty is still not entirely sure Philip is the right man for her, and Helen is running away from Lee. She did talk about that with Krusty. Right now, he just thinks I fancy cows, she said. Well, it's no more weird than anything else that goes on at Bridge Farm, Helen, I wouldn't worry. Once he finds out you all poo in a reed bed, that your dad took 15 years to do up a tractor, that your brother married a lipstick saleswoman and a fortnight after he'd met her, and your mum drove an elderly woman with pneumonia back out onto the streets, a bit of bestiality is the least of your worries. Meanwhile, <laughs> pay for a favour continues. Peggy's done a picture of Linda's Monty, apparently. I don't think that's very nice, personally. And who'd want that on their wall? Robert might, but I imagine he sees more than enough of Linda's Monty, as it is. Always keen to fill the St. Stephen's mm -hmm. coffers before George Grundy gets his sticky mitts on it? I have some suggestions. I would willingly pay for Pip Archer to get some proper, trained childcare, rather than palming her bewildered child off on an octogenarian gardener or an itinerant minicab driver. I'd pay for Jill and Leonard to get matching tattoos just to watch David keel over in snobbish and ageist horror. And I'd pay a troop of Russian double-jointed call girls to give Alistair the night of his life before he emerges, blinking, <laughs> into the inevitable return to matrimony with Shula and her going-out jeans. The end. Oh, that was a triumph this week. Well done, <laughs> Freeman. Considering three quarters of it was written on the tube. <laughs> There we go. Yes, maybe I need to write it on the tube more often. Well, <sighs> I, I think you should. I think you do. April the 13th um, is Dum De Dum in Toronto. So if you would like to participate in that, um, you, there's one or two things you can do. You can call Chris, call, you can uh, email Christina Dracos at Christina with a C, and then it's Dracos, D R A K O S, at gmail.com and get on that guest list. It's going to be lots of wonderfully lovely things to do in Toronto. And then if you're in the UK, now this isn't hard and fast, it's not chiseled in stone, it's not a total definite, it's a bit like Brexit. Like, we think it's going to happen, but it might not. But it might. It's actually it more likely will. to happen than Brexit, though, I think. No, that is very true, actually, Lucy. I realised as soon as that thought came out of my <laughs> mouth, that, that thought formed in my brain came out of my mouth, that actually this is much more likely to happen than Brexit. And a lot more enjoyable. I... And with slightly well, less devastating consequences, we hope. Mm-hmm. True that. Now, if you're in the United Kingdom... And you can get to the Birmingham region on the 11th of May. That's a Saturday. Uh, 
looks like we might have a thing happening. Might be another live show and uh, a BBC tour. So a few little things need to be confirmed, but the, the stars seem to be aligning for the 11th of May. Uh, hopefully by the time we do another dum-de-dum, we'll have a date and uh, you'll definitely know and we'll whack up that page. And if people need some hotels, I'll get some discounted rates and those and whatever and blah, blah, blah. But here you go. Keep your diaries free if you love the archers and you adore Lucy for the 11th of May. And if you're so, so about me, I suppose, really. So anyway, uh, Luce. Yes. Shall we have some caller in I think we'd better not do a lot of chatting this week. Otherwise, we're going to be on for about three hours, aren't we? True that. Hello, Ambridge3962. Now, because we have so many caller in um, I've doubled up a couple of the calls. So here's Dusty and Brian. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Just a quickie, um, banging on about the usual, is it a chestnut? Whatever the usual thing we bang on about is called, um, <laughs> about all the young men sounding the same. I've just done a bit of a catch up because I've missed about a week of the archers. And there was um, Lily having a lift from a young man in the car and saying mm. uh, that she was getting bored and feeling a bit redundant. And I was convinced she was talking to Russ. And then I realised she couldn't possibly be talking to Russ. She must be um, having a lift from Tom. Um, And then eventually I realised it was actually Rex. This is quite crazy. I mean, I am an avid listener and somebody who listens as avidly as we do should not be getting in such a pickle. It's crazy. So I just thought I'd mention that in passing. Anyway, uh, love to you all and speak soon. Bye. Bye. Hello everyone, my name is Brian Holding, Buggy Swars on Twitter, work for face-to-face customer service, live on the south coast, thought I was an antropus, but I'm actually a Mark Hebden. Actually, I think I was David Archer's XR3, that piqued my interest <laughs> at the time, but um, that doesn't really count, I don't suppose. Okay, really enjoyed the podcast, really enjoyed two of them this week, which was great. Second one was a bit samey, though, to be honest. What I mean today is a couple of things. Why is Lee still interested in Heather? And I would have thought that if a woman runs out your flat screaming and then refuses to take your calls anymore, you'd take that as a no, wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, you'd call it a day after that, wouldn't you? The other thing (laughs) is, I think um, (laughs) Lily should dump Russ. I know we all think that. But she'd then be free to take up with Glenn, the new manager at Lower Loxley and start a family tradition of um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of being with the uh, staff. That's it. If I'm brave enough, I might ring it again. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, going back to Dusty's call, I hmm. did put this uh, to our Kerry Davis on the Dum Dum Extra. Mm-hmm. And um, on the map corner, so I'll put it on map corner as well. Though there's more on the dummy dum extra. There's a big sociological reason, I think, why the actors are sounding the same. And and Kerry kind of concurred with this that initially, when the archers started, there were a lot of in inverted commas real people that weren't actually actors. There were country people that were put on the show. So the the so the person that played Jethro was not yeah. an actor. 
he was a yokel, for want of a better word. And there were a few characters like that. So he had a lot of um, rural authenticity, so to speak. And what I believe has happened to to the to the act the class of actors who are on, on the arches now is that they don't do rep in the way that the older generation of actors used to. So we had touring repertory kind of like you know theatres and stuff. Uh, they all are not all, but a large proportion of them now actually are solidly southern and English and middle class, whereas. In the 50s, 60s, 70s, you still had this kind of coterie of actors who did theatre in Nottingham and didn't mm. never went down to London, mm. did theatre in Liverpool and never went down to London, you know, and, and, they, and they were jobbing actors. And, and, and because of the way that the, the, our English accents are now kind of coalescing, Anyway, these actors are dying. That's played out massively in the archers. So in one way, they're reflecting real life in terms of regional accents are lessening. But in the other way, uh, the types of people who who act are actually changed in the last 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the third time you said yes. Yeah, I know, because I'm thinking there's also... each time you said it in a very different way. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the same word had a different meaning. (laughs) No, I was thinking about um, the fact that a similar thing is happening in in jobs, in that, you know, if you... uh, If you want to be an actor nowadays, you have to... um, but you have to basically be middle class because you, somebody needs to subsidize you while you're completely failing to get some work. Um, mm. And uh, it's the same in a lot of, of industries um, where, you know, they offer internships for things, but to do that, you know, you know, you have to have somebody you can stay with for a fortnight in London. And if you mm. come from Huddersfield and don't know anybody in London, that's very unlikely. So you end up with the same sort of people getting the same sort of jobs over and over again. Um mm-hmm. Yes, so it's, I suppose it's something to do with that. But weirdly, Dusty, I had exactly the same thing. That conversation with, I thought, who the hell is she talking to? Who's driving her around? I completely forgot about Rex. And I wasn't sure for a moment. I thought, is it Tom? And then I thought, why would Tom be driving her around? It took me a while to figure out who it was. And as you say, that's not ideal for, you know, if anyone should know the sodding voices, we should. Very true. Um, now going on to the, the second caller in a, uh, Brian. All right. Clever clogs. Um, I am free <laughs> of any guilt to do the snafu that was the recording of last week. Um, so basically folks, how it works is I upload the show to the platform to Acast, and then I put a marker for where the ads are supposed to be so um so of course on the show i say okay now it's i'm going to be some advertisements blah 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 blah. but then physically i drag along a little line which marks as the point where acast are supposed to put the adverts their computer had an epileptic fit it just started the show again. It was nothing to do with me. Right. So when people like, mm. oh, it's the end of the show is the start again. I was like, well, that's 
not even a mistake I could even make. Like it's a physical impossibility for me to do that. But then I listened to it and lo and behold. So, so <laughs> nothing to do with me, but I did upload it again. And I, it clearly says, uh, listen to this version. So at least then you get the end of the show. Because uh, I think uh, at the end of the show, is, it's, it's quite nice to have an end of the show. Don't you think, Lucy? Yes. Yeah. So, so you've got it. Yes. So, and, and in other news, follow Buggy Swires on Twitter because he's very, very funny. Brian Holding is very, very funny Twitter account. I, I did like his delivery. Mm. I, I, there's something about people being slightly deadpan that yeah. uh, tickles me a lot. So well yeah. done, Brian. You is good. <laughs> All right. Uh, another caller in or, uh, it might be two. I can't remember. But first off, it's our little boy. It's our little baby. It's our Andy from Denmark. Hi, Lucy and Royfield. It's Andy from Denmark again. Now, I know we I joked last week about you being my parents, but Lucy, I think we might have some kind of connection because <laughs> we share a mutual <laughs> hatred of people who start sentences with the word so. Ah, it is yes. one of the most infuriating things that's arisen in the last 10 years, um, which brings me on to the way people misuse the word literally oh uh i was speaking to somebody who said that their child had a shock last week and literally jumped out of their skin um which i i just didn't know what to do with myself royfield uh i love it when you start your new segments with the word now don't change that i love it so please you kept criticizing yourself in the last podcast um, but it's lovely and warm and cuddly when you say now and then continue uh, with the next segment. So, so don't stop it. It's, it's great. It's the best thing in the podcast. Well, maybe not the best. <laughs> anyway, I love it when you say now. Just a random point about Kate is that there's been a few moments in the last year or so where the writers have indicated that Kate's going to become a bit more sensible, like when Nolatando had her overdose. Yeah. And then just suddenly she just becomes this childish, yeah. Uh, yeah. immature character again. Yeah. So it's like they don't quite know what they're doing with Kate, who I yeah. actually I personally quite like, but I think she could be developed. But they seem to just use her as this comedy figure yeah. every now and then. Anyway, Favel, that's Danish. Bye. <laughs> Good morning, Royfield and Lucy. This is Christina, first-time caller in in Michigan. I'm the one that came to the gathering in Birmingham. Oh, also known by my nickname of Sally, and I'm on the Twitters at Saturn Express. So I'm calling about Lizzie and her people, whether they think or not that she has loads of cash. And I get that. Um, these stately homes don't have loads of cash, but what Lizzie has is privilege. She doesn't, she inherited a business from her husband or built a business. I get that, but she doesn't need to train and find an employer and be dependent on performing well on the job in order to earn her living. And that really is a significant privilege in life that a lot mm. of people don't have. Yeah. And of course she has lots of other privileges that many of us share, but that's what the home offers her, even if it doesn't offer loads of cash. Um, really enjoy the show, as always. Uh, your chemistry is amazing, and you make me laugh. And um, to everyone in Canada, please come to the meetup next month, and I'll be there and hope to meet lots of lovely people, which I'm sure I will. Thanks, everyone. Keep up the great work. Bye. 
Did they say anything that which was actually really archers related? I can't even remember. <laughs> well, Andy talked about Kate, and I oh I completely yes. agree, Andy. That I don't. There are moments when yes, they they kept talking because I thought, oh dear, I hope this isn't the dawning of a new and responsible Kate, because she I just find her so funny. She's the middle class Tracy Horobin, and I just love her. And oh, that is. What an observation. And when she when she said this week, Kate sitting there pissed with Brian's whiskey <laughs> and um, Adam's ch- chocolates <laughs> and a face mask on in the office. And she said, oh, has something gone wrong in your perfect life? <laughs> She's just so <laughs> bitter and, you know. And then when, um, <laughs> when Peggy said, and then we'll talk about the conditions. And she went, conditions? And it's just her timing is brilliant. Her comic timing is fantastic. And um, long may she not grow up because uh, we all we need a bit of Kate, I think, to leaven Mm. the leaven the mix. And now you can tell me why I'm completely wrong, Royfield. Um, You're not completely wrong, just mostly wrong. Okay. the 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 (laughs) the script writers are playing the long game here with Kate, and Andy was right to point out uh, that we first saw flashes of a new Kate, a more mature Kate with Nolatando and the fact that Nolatando nearly died. So that made Kate realise how derelict she'd been as a mother. That, you know, uh, Sipo doesn't even speak to her in South Africa and and she's realising that she isn't the earth mother, the wonderful, bountiful mother that she she, likes, she she would like to be. She pretends that she is, that she is in her own head. And we saw her step up and actually then going back for Nolatando um, against uh, Lizzie and Freddie. Remember, she just wasn't having it and stuff. However, for this to be realistic, it's like an ocean going liner. It can't just turn turn in 180 mm. degrees and come back on itself straight away. So, of course, we're still going to get old, you know, Kate being Kate. But we can see that this change is happening and the Kate that emerges out out of living with uh, Peggy is going to be this new Kate. For the first time in her life, somebody has is putting down, is laying down the law. This we're going to eat together. We are going. Yeah. To, you're going to do yeah. your own laundry, etc., yeah. etc. Et this is not a free ride. Peggy yeah. realised that her saying no to Kate, Kate could go off the rails. Yeah. So she re- she she's thought about it and she says, no, I need to help her. Nobody else can actually help. Nobody else has got the time or the space. And literally they don't. You know, people are too busy living their own lives, they've got their own families, et cetera, et cetera. And also Kate has brought this all on herself. Whatever she's going through, she's brought it all on herself. But And P- Peggy realises that, but it is a granddaughter. She does have the space. She does have the time. This will be the final bit of grooming in parentheses, that Kate needs to become uh, a proper functioning adult. Mm. and But we've been led the breadcrumb trail for us to get to this point. Do you think she'll actually hack it, though, or don't you think that she'll just... Well, it, you know what? It's so bizarre, because you think about it, it's a bit like Jimmus and Jazza, isn't it? Jimmus yeah. and Jazza should not work and, and wouldn't be living in the same house, really. But there's so many bizarre match-ups. So you've got the, uh, the, fair, bro- the fair brethren, and living Bert. with uh, well, there's lots Bert. of intergenerational right. stuff, isn't there? 
far yeah. more than you'd actually which get makes, in real life, I think. In real but, life. No, yeah. which, which makes for great drama yeah. for us, great bits of observational uh, drama and comedy and stuff. But there is, there is nothing per se that the Frey Brethren learn from Bert. You know, they're just put together, you know, other than you need to soak your toenails before, yeah. before you get the hacksaw <laughs> out and, uh, and trim them. But this relationship is truly meaningful in that um, it's there is a f- family bond because Kate, even though she probably hasn't realised it herself, has put herself in the position where her whole immediate family is homeless. Well, not they're not homeless, had to leave their home. Yeah. Even though she hasn't quite come to terms with that, yet she will do and she realizes that she has to play the game of being an adult and being somebody who is responsible because otherwise she literally is living in a yurt literally living in a yurt and andy did i use that word correctly lucy what do you mean did you use what? Oh, literally a bit. Yes, yes. Oh, Jesus, Lucy. Sorry. Come on, come on. Keep up. I'm, I'm trying, bit... to, trying to, you know. <laughs> I'm a bit slow. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and uh, Christina. Okay, before yes, you I say and. Agree. I just can say, want to say that I completely agree with Christina about um, Elizabeth. Privilege. Yes. It is total privilege. And you articulated that uh, extremely well and, and broke it down. Um, the other thing to say is about the whole literally and actually thing. And the fact that um, the word actually, the word literally is used when actually should be meant in yeah. common parlance in the last 10 years, that horse has just bolted. So I don't think you can turn the clock back on that. But it is how the English language is formed, that there are many words which had the opposite meaning uh, when they were first kind of conceived uh, to what they have now. So it just kind of is really. But anyway, moving swiftly on, Lexicon Valley is an excellent podcast. There's a new one out today. John McGuerter, the best podcast ever. I've said it before, i say it again. Claire Page. Hello, this is Claire Page, tweeting frog on the Twitters. I haven't been a caller for a while, but I felt I'd like to comment this week. Um, it's been a week of contrasts with Kate in full me, me, me mode, <laughs> Susan in full gossip mode, and uh, Helen still suffering from what happened to her in the past and that's why she can't get um close to a man and i i feel sorry for lee as well for that reason thank goodness tom talked to natasha about what happened to helen but i don't know whether lee will ever find out what really happened and he'll think that she's in love with someone else when actually her abuser won't leave her memory and and all that it's very hard to talk about on a lighter note, while listening to the Omnibus this morning, I came up with a few awards. Um, a couple I tweeted. Kate deserves the Me, Me, Me Extraordinaire Award because she only thinks of herself and doesn't seem to care about other people and how much she inconveniences them and how much she annoys them. Um, Susan, Total Lack of Discretion Award for talking to <laughs> Natasha um, about Helen and Rob when it was not her business to do so. I was just wondering if any other Dumpty Dummers could come up with any other Ambridge Awards for different characters, for their characteristics or whatever. Um, amusing, good or bad. Um, <laughs> just a li- I'm just putting the thought out there and uh, if anybody, as a, any, any other Dumpty Dummers come up with something, then uh, that, that could be 
either fun or serious. We'll just see how it goes. If you don't like the idea, don't run with it. But uh, <laughs> it just came to me while I was listening to the omnibus this morning. Anyway, that's enough from me. I'd better go before my two, rin- two minutes runs out. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for that, Claire. Mother of the Year should be awarded to either Kate or... Actually, genuinely, Mother of the Year should go to Emma, I think. Oh, wasn't that an episode? It was lovely. And it wasn't done now, in any ridiculous... Although there was, was a bit daft with the... Which ones do you use? I will use those ones and those ones, but not those ones. <laughs> Stop pointing at things we can't see. Um, um, You know, without specifying what any of them were. But... It was the first time I've heard periods talked about sensibly, you know, just in a very matter of fact way. And it was just really, it was just really heartwarming of Emma to say, you know, when, when she said, I really miss my mum, she didn't say, you know, oh, well, you've, you know, you've got me instead or something. She just said, of course you do, but you're not alone. And I thought that was lovely. Really nice. You know, we've had the last few weeks, I think, was it last week or the week before we said it was peak Susan? Mm. And there has been Emma as well. And I forget which caller in said, but they said um, a few weeks back, you know, that Emma is a mother's daughter. She isn't, though they were a great double act. Yeah. That, you know, Susan spotted and worked out what might have been the issue, Yeah, uh, you know, w- with Mia, telegraphed it to Emma, Emma swooped in, Yeah, you know, and I'm going to be totally honest about that episode, right? Be- being a gentleman person and who's never got- gone through that, though I remember when, when Ella's mother told me that Ella had appeared and says, you, you might want to speak to your daughter. You know, I, I was slightly trepidatious, yeah. but, you know, I picked up the phone and said, Ella, um... <laughs> I hear, you know, I hear your moment has come. <laughs> and you and Dad, what are you talking about? <laughs> your moment has come. Oh, God. I can't remember what the hell I said. But, like, you, but there, there is no convention and for she this, went, is there? There's no convention. <laughs> she did. She really did. Like, I was told to call. Your day, it's been a significant moment in your daughter's life, call her. So I did, and she went, Dad, it's no big deal. Yeah. And I said, I know it's you say that it's not a big deal, but to your parents, it yeah. is. And actually, it is, it is significant. Yeah. And she went, yeah, it happened. I can deal with it. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, my friend, my friend Ruth, right, when she was... Um, when she started hers, um, her father was a vicar and um, her mother was a very right on feminist, a real 70s, you know, hairy armpit feminist. And um, they were not there's anything <laughs> wrong with hairy armpits. They were sitting. I have them at the moment, as, as it happens. Um, they were sitting uh, all together at the lunch, <laughs> the lunch table. And um, uh, Ruth's mother suddenly put her knife and foot down and said, oh, Jeffrey, by the way, today Ruth became a woman, she said. And Ruth had a, another brother, another brother, and another sister. The whole room went silent, and her dad looked fixedly at his plate, went, <coughs> and then went. <laughs> he just went, well, 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 well done, dear. He said, <laughs> as, if, 
<laughs> as if she'd done it, you know. She's like, I'm going to try really hard and have my period. And she said, she's, <laughs> she said, as long as I live, there's still part of me that will never forgive my mother for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but this goodness. generation, they won't shut up about it. In my day, you didn't talk about it. And now it's a, my, I, um, my friend's daughter was uh, 11 and she was showing her parents around the school. And she said, and right over there in the corner by the Judy Bloom books, that's where my period started, she said. Are <laughs> <laughs> you joking me? No. And her mother said, ooh, that's interesting. And her father was just appalled. <laughs> but anyway. As, 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 a, as the one half of humanity that has never had a period and I'll never have a period, um, I must admit, though I was incredibly touched by the symbolism of that episode and by the acting, mm. And as I said, I like the double team of Carters. You know, mother, uh, rang daughter. I think this is going on with Mia. Emma goes round there, speaks to Will. We've seen another side of Will. And Will goes, <clears throat> oh, yes, Will, um, you yeah. just go up there and, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, type of thing. But I thought it was a little bit YA in the way that it was. Line by line. I I was loose. I was touched by it. And I'm also saying, there's a reason why I preface this by saying, as a gentleman forward slash male person, I'll never have a period. So, So I'm slightly out of this loop. But to me, it was just, I'm saying a little. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to keep it real, as I keep on saying over here. For me, it was, a, it was just a little bit YA. I loved, I loved the episode. And I was completely, utterly bowled over by something which is as mundane as periods. And then you realise dramas don't deal with them, mm. let alone yeah. a girl also, having her And also, it just highlighted first. the fact that she will not have a mother to talk to about sex or about, yes. you know, about periods or about, you know, um, what should I wear? Should I wear this or that? Or, you know, and Will is not the sort of enlightened bloke that, that I mean, it's not his fault. It's just the way he is. But there's no way he could mm. ever have that conversation with her. Yeah. And, and, and again, we're sorry. <coughs> sorry about that. <clears throat> And, and thinking about the, the threads of the last month or so on the Archers, you think about, you know, what Mia's going through. You know, she's had, very obviously, she's ha- she's having to still deal with the, the practical day-to-day loss of not having a mother. She is basically a surrogate um, for her mother. In t- she does the bloody shopping, mm, right? Yeah. The, the vicar's noticed uh, Clary's noticed, right? The amount of pressure put on this poor girl. Yeah, uh, you know, and she wants to. She wants to be an adult. She wants to be seen as some some you know somebody can really contribute. She is basically the mother to to Poppy. Then, uh, and then she's conflicted by the fact that you know she she wants to have fun. But she wants to be a grown up, so she won't go to Drake the Manor Park, which is Drake the Manor Park's pretty shit anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go there anyway. But yeah, oh God, what a dream. The amount of school trips you have to Drake Manor Park. Oh, God, not again. Oh, Tricross Zoo. Oh, God. I like Tricross Zoo. Did you? Yeah. 
Well, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more gunning for Drayton Manor Park. To be fair, oh, yeah. anyway. So we've actually had a whole month of Mia, and it's been great. And then she starts her period, and she doesn't have the one person you can confide in. You know, yeah. your mother. And just reminds us of that, you know, the terrible loss and and the year that she's had, yeah. and the, and also in in the last month she's told Will about himself. She said, "No, I will go to the musical and 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 you know and remember my mother yeah. that way." She's a great character, but I'm just saying, line for line, for me it was a little bit YA. Okay. But as somebody with a with a with a with a penis, uh, I'm not best place to judge so i will completely and utterly admit that hence i keep prefacing it by saying i'm a, I'm a bloke but what i did think was tremendous this week was lee and helen yeah that bowled me over Liz. yeah it's a long time since i've done one of these but in terms of the seesaw of that conversation yeah that was very real it wasn't a neat plot from start to end. It was, um, she said things which kind of went off in one direction. He said, said other things. There's a broad direction for the whole thing that leaves like, what the hell? Yeah. I thought we had something going yeah. on. Yeah. And she's trying to wriggle and twist yeah. and whatever. And then she just says, yeah, okay, I don't really like you. Yeah. And the savagery in her voice when he said, is there someone else? And she said, yes, there always will be. And, you know, yeah, it was very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was was some good stuff. Some good stuff. (laughs) So uh, on on, on that note, right, um, I I can talk about this some more. But um, I believe we have some more caller inners that that need to get on the show. So here's B12 Simon. Hi there, you two. This is B12 Simon, calling from Borsal Heath in the heart of the Midlands. Not a brummy, though. Anyway, this week I thought I'd call about the uh, rather touching exchange between Tony and Natasha before the wedding. Mm. She mentioned Pond's giving away a secret and uh, she's forgiven him and everything else. And I'm just wondering, are they thinking of completely different things? Natasha's thinking about the friends with benefits and, yeah, she's forgiven that. Tony's thinking... She's on about leaving Kirsty at the altar with the entire village in attendance, and this whether that's trouble ahead for this new marriage. Well, that's it for this week. Um, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks very much. Speak to you soon, no doubt. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get that. What the hell was it? I thought she was all about the friends with benefits thing. Oh, that's a bit about him being honest. That that's what I got because remember. Tom was nervous. Hannah said, you best tell her, thinking that she's going to run a mile and go, oh, stop yeah, you yeah, then. Yeah, that's, you're shagging yes, your, that's right, shagging that's your right. flatmate. Yeah. yeah. And it had completely the opposite effect. Oh, my goodness, I can really trust this guy. Look what he's being honest with. He didn't have to tell yeah. me that. Anything else you'd like to add? No. Or shall we move on to Josh? All right, move then, Josh, Josh, it's your time. Hello there, Royfield, Lucy, and all the Dumpty Dummers out there. Um, my name is Josh from Philly. Uh, I am a seventh grade history teacher and professor here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, where I spend most of my teaching time between here and, uh, and New York City, actually. Uh, and I'm also a 10-year listener of the Archers. So according to the website, I think that makes me a Abby Tucker, which sounds about right. Anyway, I am a huge fan of Linda Snell. She's, <laughs> she's my girl. I adore her. Anyway, my, my plot prediction – well, this whole thing with the gills 
taking over the, the farmhouse and things being trashed. We never hear about them around town. They seem to be absent. Uh, something something really strange is going on here. Yeah. And like I've seen on some of the forums, uh, I think something illegal is going on, whether it had to do with the money for the house or what's going on inside the house. And I think, I think it's going to end up on some sort of estate sale. And uh, we're going to see another battle going over um, as to who's going to get it, uh, whether it's uh, Brian or whether it's Borchester Land. Um, it's going to just restart this whole thing. Uh, yeah, so that's where I see that happening. Um, and as for Kate, two words, Shepherd's Hut. <laughs> that's where I think she's destined for. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much uh, for taking my message here. And... Uh, Looks like my time is ending, so I'd love to say more. But as Adam says, I don't have the time. (laughs) (laughs) He sounded like the old man on The Simpsons then. What what was his name? Oh, Mr. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, because he's always rubbing his hands. Oh, goodness. Whatever he's called. Someone ring in and tell us. Now everybody will. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. The shepherd's hut. I like that. Yeah, no, nobody thought of that before Peggy had to, you know, uh, swoop in and, and, and sort her. <laughs> but yes, anyway, lovely to hear you, Josh. You is very funny. He's got he, a lovely voice. I like his voice. Very soothing. What the, it's really annoying me now. Mr. Burns. Is what that character's called. Mr. Burns. There you go. Well done. Yep. Well done. Well done. Right. Now it's Kitty. Hello, Lucy Royfield and Dumpty Dummers. It's Kitty again. I first off just wanted to say that I've been into the archers since I was in my mid twenties. I'm now in my late thirties. Uh, it wasn't cool then. It still isn't now. I've never known anyone else who listens. <laughs> yes, it is. So Dumpty Dum makes me feel like that part of me actually finally belongs somewhere. So thank you for that. I Aww. also wanted to say that, uh, yeah, Roy Field was right. I was wrong. It wasn't lazy story, right? story writing especially because it looks like Natasha might actually be turning out to be the quite sort of clever sort of empathic thoughtful foil to Tom's complete notness I know that's not really a word Um, but yes I have a plot prediction so now that we know that Kate is moving in with Peggy for definite I think she will be the person to uncover the secret of uh, Auntie Cardboard, as uh, lovely Lucy calls it, uh, calls her, all about her absorbing the family money, basically, and inheritance. So that is my prediction. Ah. Thank you. Hiya, Dumpty Dummers. Is my recording working? Yes, it is. I feel as if I need a serious note today, so I've written it down. Thanks to Lucy and Royfield over the last few weeks for sharing Dumpty Dummers' input about anxiety and depression. It really shouldn't be portrayed as a shock in docudramas and soaps. Call them what you want. Considering what some of the main characters are put through, their resilience is off the scale unbelievable. Uh, there's never yeah. any subsequent therapy suggested after mass murders, fires, freak trams, planes, helicopter crashes. From my experience, 
um, anxiety and depression can come from nowhere, from a catastrophe, but usually yeah. somewhere in between. And therapy is definitely a thing yes. in the real world. I'm really tired of um, long-term plot la- lines that use the trope of previous trauma to generate interest without at least now and again some balance being added. I mean, for God's sake, Helen has been through such a... I can't stand the woman, but she's been through such a lot that somebody should have suggested a bit of therapy. Anyway, on a lighter note, any other business, no more Helen sick of her. Please don't squish Ed and Emma. They don't deserve it. More misery for Slack Alice and Kate Mandela, please. And Sausage Boy is not attractive. Please stop it. Krusty, Nutcracker and Hannah would not be chasing them in the real world. It's just not true. And just on one other point, to Kate, cat litter should be emptied twice a day as an absolute minimum. Thank you. See you all soon, Dumpty Dummers. (laughs) Kate Mandela, I quite like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I kind of, I can see that, yes, I don't think of Tom as remotely attractive. He's a total charisma bypass. And the fact that he managed to attract Kirsty, Natasha and um, Hannah it just makes me think either either they're desperate or I'm missing something. But you know, yeah, just not a no, no. And Brenda, uh, I always thought that Brenda was oh, a, yeah. quite a cool character. I always liked Brenda. Maybe yeah. Tom is just good looking. No, I don't even think I can't. I can't imagine him as that. Well, John was always pretty. I imagine yeah, Chris is good looking and I imagine Ed is good looking. Really? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, well, John Archer was always kind of portrayed as good looking, wasn't he? Yes. He was yeah. like blue eyed yeah. boy. Everybody liked him, you know, lad about town, but in, in a nice way. A bit laddish, but not too much and whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know what Tom's appeal is, but then again, I I don't like people with, with penises when it comes to attraction. That's not my, quite my thing. So I don't know. But there's, there's got to be something he's got to go for. Maybe you know what it is. This episode, ladies and gentlemen, we have established that Royfield is a man. He does not. He's not attracted. <laughs> he's a straight man. He he is he is not attracted to penises, and he has never had a period. So there we go. For the opening of doubt. <laughs> Royfield is a straight man. <laughs> For now. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Sexuality is just, we're all yeah. on the continuum. Um, Tom does have, Hello. at least did have, energy. Oh, God. Hang on a minute. Go on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All I right. know I said this was a mistake recording in here. Next door Spaniel has now decided to kick off, which means that Basil is demanding to go out <laughs> and will start woofing unless I let him out now. So excuse me. Come on, it is now gone roaring off up the garden like an Exocet missile, so I don't know what's awesome. at the end of it, but anyway. 
Um, <laughs> what Tom does have going for him, at least did have, was drive. Some people find that very attractive. Um, Sausages and ready meals. I said some people find that attractive and some people will find, and and that's just just a detail as to actually what it is. Some people will find his single-mindedness that he displayed with that, which is very closely related to, to, to drive has been very attractive. He's very ambitious. Um, and also, I'm presuming that he has um, he has a couple of bob. He's not rich by, by any stretch of the imagination. But back 10 plus years ago, when he was in his, what, his early to mid-20s and he's doing all the ready meal stuff and whatever, he was doing well. So he was going to be um, a bloke in his mid-20s, early to mid-20s, who was, for his age, relatively successful and he's got a pretty penny in his pocket. You know, and that is in and of itself for some people quite attractive. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. There's got to be, there's got to be something going for the bloke. Well, I'm not seeing it mm. myself, but anyway, no accounting for taste, is there? <laughs> None whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> now, so it's only right and proper with the last quarter in a row. We're on the lower west, upper east side. It's our Witherspoon. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Demers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Royfield, last week you wondered where they had stashed Kate and requested her return. All I can say is be careful of what you wish for. My main complaint <laughs> with Kate, besides that she is selfish, annoying, and totally without insight, i.e. she's a narcissist, is that she has no shades of gray, no facets to her personality. One of the things I love about our favorite docudrama is that the characters can surprise you or show growth. This week, look at Emma, who can be unempathic one day and move us on another. Even look at Will, who I think is demonstrating positive change in fits and starts. I actually root for him to continue Mm. on this path, and I'm disappointed when he takes a step backwards. But isn't that the great thing about the archers? Kate, on the other hand, has been stuck at the maturity level of a 15-year-old. But then again, it is characteristic of a narcissist not to demonstrate emotional growth. Look at her parents, who never set any limits. Jennifer would just throw up her hands in exasperation, and Brian would grumble and walk away. But I do think that Kate has finally met her match in her grandmother, who is going to reparent her. Peggy will set limits and follow through on them. Kate will kick and fuss like a toddler, but will eventually get with the program. One more thing, Royfield, Lucy, and folks out there. I like Natasha. There, I said it. She's a confident and mature woman (laughs) who understands human interactions. She is very good for the immature, tone-deaf, and indecisive Tom. I think the scriptwriters have given Tom, after several relationships that failed, a relationship that will work. Okay, now pick up your stones and throw them at me. Talk to you all soon. I agree with him completely. I actually thought this time, I thought, yes, I like Natasha because of what she said about Tom, about what on earth did you go and say that to Helen for? That was a chat that we had in a hotel room on our honeymoon. It was very casual. And now you've just made me sound like, you know, a gold digger, a gold digger who's just desperate to kick them out of their home. 
which of course we exploited for comedic effect. But it's, you know, I did actually think, you know, and she didn't, she wasn't, she didn't show any prurient interest in Helen and Lee. She just said, I feel so sorry for Helen. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I like the cut of her jib now. Yes. Well, she, she's displaying that uh, she has other sides to her and that's what we want with all of our characters and characters, isn't it? That we want them yeah. to be, you know, yeah. to have depth, to be 3d, not just uh, two dimensional. Um, the other thing to say about the whole, uh, Susan telling Natasha what had happened was that you, uh, the week before said Susan would be the telegraph who would just say, Oh, I just thought you'd want to know. And <laughs> oh, li- yeah, yeah, that's what. <laughs> so props to you, Freeman. Props to you. <laughs> Brian, way back when, Corderina did say Lee would just give up. Yeah. And, and yes, I'm going to say yes and no. I'm going to say yes in terms of modern dating practices where everyone's swiping left and swiping right and any tiny little thing uh you see as being a massive red flag so you just walk off so i think yeah it, dating 2019 yeah. variety you go what you know they once farted th- three years ago right i'm off you know yeah. you're like that's it gone <laughs> done whereas i think lee's supposed to remind us of a i don't say that he's simple right but he's a simpler person uh, and that and that's one of the angst that we have with him as a listener because he doesn't have a side and and it's incredibly romantic in terms of all all, all the old novels when someone is spurned or at least apparently spurned but but they keep questioning why and then go after the object of their affection and say but yeah. please tell me why you know viewed that way it's incredibly romantic and I, and I think we're supposed to see that in Lee in that Lee, isn't uh rob he's not chasing her because he wants to control her or dominate her but he but he sees something in her which he's attracted to and he thought they that she saw something back reflected in him and he's just yeah. questioning well, he said, i'm not embarrassed to say that i like you yeah exactly you know i'm 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 completely mystified as to why you're behaving like this but you know and also uh brian um this is a drama you know so you know if he just went oh pfft, I'm off. We go, oh, well, all right, then that's another character. We have no, little and no validation reason to be on the show. See you then. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, then I'm off. <laughs> Catch you on another soap. I'll be turning off in EastEnders next. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, dare I say, for dramatic tension, we do need him to prod and poke in a, in a gentle way, in an, in an understandable way, Helen, so that Helen will eventually reveal uh, what actually she's been through. And then mm. I'm sure he's going to go, you know, put your arms around me, you silly old Burke. I'm, I'm, I'm in this for, for the long haul, you know, which is exactly yeah. what she needs. Anyway, now. Oh, it's the first time I've said now all episode. Andy will be pleased. Oh, it's the best bit of his show. Well, Daddy did that for you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let, let's take a break, folks. Um, if you've got, if you got a, glass of water next to you why don't you take a sip if you've got to like run to the loo why don't you go and do that no that's actually a ridiculous thing to say because it's not as if we actually are on the wireless and you can't take the wireless into the loo because we're on a, we're on an iphone we're on some kind of portable device you can take it with 
Do you do you do you podcast on the loo, Lucy? Do you listen to stuff? Certainly not. Oh come on, you do. You're human. No, you're human. No. Oh don't okay. Well don't you like Bluetooth it to your to your speakers and then once you're having a shower you can, you know, scrub your bits whilst listening to a you know, a BBC podcast or something. No, because you can't hear the talking over the noise of the water. Well, you don't have the right Bluetooth speaker. You can get those ones where you can actually stick it to the wall in the shower and they're waterproof. They only cost like about ah. 30, 30, 40 quid. I had oh. one of those once. Uh, it was really good till the water got in it and ruined it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's an occupational hazard, I should imagine. But no, he said it was waterproof. To no, to be fair, it wasn't that that did for it. It was this, the sucky bit. The sucky bit stopped uh, sucking onto the wall. It kept on falling down, right. which re- really annoyed me. So, But it still, the speaker still worked. Get one of those. From the floor. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but but un, under all the shower water. Blah, 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 In between blah, blah. the shopping recommendations, can I just point out that I'm now having to do this through 4G because my Wi-Fi is packed up and I've got about 10 seconds left of mobile ba- of battery life on my phone. So get a move on. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right. Okay. It's Millie Bell then. Good day, everyone. Well, this week was definitely the week for strong women, and we put up a post about amazing Emma, and it was really one of our most popular uh, threads in forever. Everyone loved what she had done and said with Mia. Nancy Jane Morn said, moment of true skilled writing and acting well done all. In tears at the end of the episode, so please don't ditch either character anytime soon. Tori Eames, Matthew, such a nice moment and so thoughtful of Emma. It was nice that she behaved more like a big sister than a mum, just what Mia needed. Actually, I wish I'd heard that before my girls uh, transitioned into their adolescence because, honestly, she did it so much better than me and I've done it three times. Uh, Rachel Kennedy said, Emma was fab and so was Susan for realising what Mia needed. And that is true because I have some negative things to say about Susan, so it's good to know this positive too. Linda Preda said was brilliant and weepy. Lisa Marie, the dialogue was exactly right. The best writing I've heard since Peggy talked to Jill about Leonard. Really lovely. 
And Daisy Lou Delatana said, I think now is a good time to point out that I always did have faith in Emma. Smug face. <laughs> um, look, lots and lots and lots in that vein and love for you to get uh, involved. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about Susan, who was a dreadful gossip during the week. And I think anyone who follows our page will know that I really have problems with people gossiping. Uh, Sarah Passingham said, therapist in a tabard, as a reminder to me. Um, Anne Sherwin said, 24-hour Radio Carter show, but I would like to call her tattletale in a tabard. I was not impressed. It's never anybody's business to share anybody else's business. But that's my position. May not be the same for everyone. And, of course, she does make good soap stories. Uh, we also talked about um, the many other inspirational um, women uh, during the week, Natasha and Peggy also jumped to mind as well as Emma. Pat Ralph Hanavan said, Emma's scene with Mia was so touching and affirming. Only the archers could make such a simple, personal moment so moving and real. Kudos to the writers and actors. Uh, Lynn Griffiths said, although the Emma and Mia scenes were sensitive and a great and practical way of dealing with the subject that can still unsettle some if comments on other sites are to be believed, Peggy has the edge as she had two hilarious exchanges with the constant freeloader that is Kate. Her landing Kate with a bill when she went to powder her nose and then last night's mention of paying rent and cleaning Hilda's tray as part of the deal were priceless. I know lots dislike Peggy, but I love the tough old bird and long may she reign. This is true. Lynn Griffiths, I'm one of those who dislike Peggy. I think she interferes outrageously and I don't think she has the right to do it. However, I love how she put Kate in her place this week. I really do. And Laura Jo said they were each special in their own way. Kay Goff said, as much as Helen can rile me, I felt for her yesterday as Rob is still winning. She needs to get some therapy. Emma's scene with Mia made me cry and I thought good on Natasha for putting Tom right. Uh, Gillian Corrigan said, Peggy made me laugh today. She can handle Kate. Phil Wadey, Emma was excellent, empathetic, thoughtful, and saving Mia from ignorance because I doubt Will would have been as effective. Peggy was excellent too. She showed her business acumen, and I loved how she brought Kate's earlier concession on the cap tray back into the final deal. Peggy for you-know-what negotiator. Ooh, ooh, what a great <laughs> idea. I do love that. We do need an archer's negotiator for you-know-what, don't we? And finally, we discussed um, Lee, because to give him credit, he really did give it a red-hot crack. And mm -hmm. I don't know many young men of that age who can be so persistent but manage it with such uh, subtlety and finesse. Fiona Crawford said, I really don't get why he's so into her. She's annoying and standoffish and has so much baggage. Yes, he only knows a fraction of it, but still. Uh, Melissa Williams said, considering the sensitivity Lee has shown previously towards the karate kids at Al, I would have expected a different approach. Not a cowboy and gangbusters approach, a more zen and spider, spider sense approach. Ah, oh, see, we differ there because I actually thought it was quite sensitive. Jan A. Mitchell said, poor Lee and prideful, foolish, frightened Helen. Uh, Pat Ralph Hanavan said, ooh, that was painful to listen to. Ouch. Now, as you all, will all know, also anybody who follows our page, um, I've never been to see a therapist, never had therapy. However, I think that she could really do with some work from, with, with a spoon. 
Uh, I, I know she's in the wrong age group, but I think Witherspoon could really help her. And talking of Witherspoon, uh, his Saturday post is about uh, Canada and what you like or don't like about Canada. I think mainly what you do like about Canada, and that's all to do with the Canada meetup. So another really awesome week, both with the Archers and on the Facebook page. We would love to see you there. I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of my very good friend, Joe Bear for next week. So until I speak to you again in a fortnight, hooroo. Tara. Lucy? Yes? I must admit, sometimes I really wonder what docudrama I'm listening to and that other people are listening to. I wouldn't have said that Lee went in there like like a cowboy at all. Like he's a he's had a week of calling and texting and trying to turn up to see her, and then by the time he catches up with her and she's been all defensive, of course he's going to be like a bit exasperated. But I'll, yeah. you know, well yeah, because it's, like, it's bloody rude. If not, I mean, it it appears to be very rude, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It appears to be very rude. She she well, has. It's, it's like Kirsty said to her. Yeah, Kirsty said to her, you can't just ghost him. And that's exactly what she's doing. Exactly. Exactly. So there was an interesting line the week before where she said, uh, you know, because you know, she, she kind of uh, did ghost him about two weeks back and then she decided to go out on the date. Do you remember? And she yeah. said, well, I'd, I can't be rejected again. So I, in effect, I'm going to reject him first. There was a line yeah. round, you know, it's not quite what she said, but that was the whole whole kind of gist. You know, she can't she can't help, you know, she, she couldn't go through the pain and the hurt again. So it's best if she just, like, kills it beforehand and stuff. But uh, sometimes, don't get me wrong, dummy dummies, I love you all. Personally, all 30,000 of you, I, I hold you close to my bosom um, nightly and, and kiss you all on the heads. But I don't understand fucking half of you either. mine to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> How many dum de dum is you reckon you got lost Daniel Cleavage, Lucy? Oh, millions. In the last five years. That's yep. another thing. You know we've been doing this for five years. Have we? It's five years, Lucy. We started Good in 2014. Lord. And actually, we started it round about now. We started it in March. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I don't know when the date of the first dum dum was, because it's actually disappeared off iTunes now. But this is basically this is our fifth anniversary give or take cool. give or take so there you go golly mm. Moses. anyway well done you how many dumbly dummers did you say do you reckon you got lost down your cleavage in the last five all years of them. i said all 30, of them thousand. all yep. of them Thirty thousand. all the ones that aren't tucked up in bed with you being kissed on the head <laughs> the poor buggers <laughs> Yeah, they're they're wonderful, our, our dum de dum listeners, but they are. Half of them are bully bonkers and listen to another programme, I tell you. They're not listening to the archers. But anyway, <laughs> Lucy. Lucy, uh, let's have tweets, then some mirror headlines, and then let's wrap up. Okay. I've lost my page. Hold the line, caller. Ah, gold. Whilst you're finding that, do yes. you know Sharon Horgan? Know her? Yeah, well, not know her, know her. Uh, I know of her, yes. Yes, yes. I just love her. I she's know, so she's funny. Amazing. Have you she's seen so... Divorce? No. It's brilliant. She wrote that. Right. She. Oh. No, I'm just saying, she's just another level, like clever yeah. and funny and, and everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> this is the mirror Why headline. Why don't you know her? You, you, know, you know actors and stuff. 
Yeah, I don't know her. <coughs> She's major league, isn't she? Can, can you get to know her? Yeah, all right then. No, I'm not pimping you out, Royfield. Forget it. No, I just want to be her friend. Uh, um, can I do a mirror headline? <laughs> that, was a, that was withering. That was, oh my God. <laughs> Go on, do, do your headlines. Go. Um, Somerset B&B cult teaches burping therapy to get rid of evil spirits. What? Say that one more time. Somerset B&B cult teaches mm-hmm. burping therapy to get rid of evil spirits. Good grief. Yep. Right. Tweets of the week. (laughs) Eleanor, I love the flexibility of Kate's veganism. So far this week, she's had a cream tea and Adam's chocolates. Reminds me of my mother-in-law insisting she had a dairy allergy while spooning brandy butter and cream over her Christmas pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I'm Vincent Murphy. I'm sure Natasha and Tom spent their wedding night playing strategic marketing and product placement of the sausage. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sue Kassab. I didn't hear any mention of the Montbelliards this week. What's happened to them? Have they become silence? <laughs> um, Christopher Goff. Susan, have you got a bag for life, Natasha? We're hoping not. Pat's going into the bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> and Smith, Peter Scott. I don't like Leonard. A bloke like that was responsible for a massive outbreak of chlamydia at my over 65's bowls club. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh well done all well done all well folks uh it's the time the show the time and point of uh, the podcast we start to round round things down and i run through a familiar set of uh things which i say like dum-de-dum go there it's got a shop listen folks thank you because you are buying things from the shop there's all manner of goodies there uh, we're doing uh, one of our hot sellers, Lucy, is the, is the doggy bandana. Yep. Uh, uh, another one um, is, shh, it's the Archer's T-shirt. Uh, and mugs are just flying off the shelves like there is no tomorrow. So thank you, thank you, thank you for purchasing things from the Dum Dum Shop. And I tell you what I'm going to do, uh, this is more aimed at the listeners than, than you, Lucy, is um, I'm going to link up... Um, archers books archers related books because um on the new map corner podcast uh we've kind of linked that up in our shop there and we actually we're actually selling quite quite a few books and stuff so i don't see why uh, we can't do that for the dum-de-dum store so go to dum-de-dum.com it's go there it's got a shop and of course you can comment on uh past shows or on posts that people put up so dumdydum.com oh now basil's woofing to come back in again sorry it's all right you you get your dog and i'll just uh as always do keep this show on the road by saying (laughs) remember folks to get in contact you can send us a message via speak pipe on our website which is called dumdydum.com or you can call us on 0203 0313105 to leave us a message from a regular ordinary phone um patreon com is a place where you can go if you would like to support our endeavors to help keep dum dum up for the podcasting masses throughout the world that love the archers so go to patreon.com and donate two american dollars per show why don't you 
if you can't, if you can't afford two dollars per show, because not everybody can, why don't you uh, then go onto Apple Podcasts and uh, write us a review? Go do that. That'd be awesome. That'd be one way of showing your support. If you think we're shit, say we're shit. If you think we're awesome, say we're awesome. If you think we're kind of meh, say meh too. It's all fine. We don't care. Just get on there and be part of the whole smorgasbord, the whole miasma that is the world of dum-de-dum. Now, on Twitter, you can find Yokel Bear at dum-de-dum. Lucy is at? Uh, Lucy V. Freeman. I can be found quite simply at Royfield. And I think if you typed in at Yokel Bear, you'll also find Yokel Bear being Yokel Bear when he's not masquerading as being dum-de-dum. Uh, on Facebook, you can go there and you type in dum-de-dum. And you can join in with Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, and our Witherspoon uh, with their goings on there. And that's me. Uh, I've held the show together as always. I am the glue. I am the foundations of which Dum De Dum is built on. And Lucy just swoops in with a <laughs> two minute monologue each week, packs it through gags, and everybody's like, oh, Lucy this, Lucy that, blah, 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 blah. Forgetting that every cag need, needs its lacy. There you go. That's me. Uh, right. Um, happy anniversary, my darling. And you. What is the fifth anniversary? Um. Good heavens. You can type faster than me. Why don't you Google it quickly? Um, whoops. Wood. <laughs> Have you got wood? <laughs> 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 what an anticlimax. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about awards. Um, was it, I can't remember who back in the show said there should be awards. Yes. Um, it was Kath, uh, Catherine. No, sorry, Claire, yeah. tweeting frog. All right. We should potentially look at, at the end of the year, within our first year, six months after we started it, look at Dum Dum Awards again, because that yeah. was a lot of fun. It was. A lot of fun. Uh, so, listener, if you're of a newer vintage, you won't know this, but back in 2014, when uh, Rob Titchener was not quite at his worst, but he was definitely getting there. Uh, we had the Dum Dum Awards. We had Rob Titchener turn up. We had, uh, goodness, we had, um, God, I'm trying, I'm flitting between their real, God, I'm, I know. Mark, I'm flitting between their real names and their actor names. And I've got myself. We, we had we Kirsty and um, Vicky Tucker. And Mike Tucker. Mike Tucker. And Rob and, and I can't think who else. Kerry, we, Uncle we God turned had, up. Yeah, un- Uncle God turned up. And we even had, um, who was Mike's, wasn't Roy, Roy's wife turned up? The woman who played Roy's wife. Oh, Hayley. yes, yes, yes. Yes, um, we had Hayley, Hayley as well. Yeah. And, and it was kind of compared and hosted by... Uh, the incomparable Susan Ray yes. from BBC Radio yes. 4. Yeah. So I got a sneaky feeling, I can feel this in my water, that we're going to do this again back end of this year. It will be in London because it has to be in the UK. Uh, so we, we need to have it somewhere where the actors can actually get to easily. We did it on a Saturday night. It was a rip-roaring success. We even streamed it live as well, and people were watching it live. So <laughs> I think maybe <laughs> as our... the camera fit, fell over. <laughs> that was it, Yeah. <laughs> The iPad fell over. <laughs> All of a sudden, it was it was upskirting or something or another. It was like <laughs> so. I think um, 
yeah, I think we should actually do that this year. At least it'll be fitting in our fifth year for us to have um, a wooden uh, ceremony. Oh, goodness. And Goddess Diva came along and she burst out of a busty yep. age. Remember? And Derek Fletcher had to pin her back into it again. Yes. Yeah. Terry Malloy had a kilt. No, that was goodness. you. You were wearing a no, leather kilt. N- yeah, yes, but then Terry, didn't Terry have one too? Didn't he? Why would Terry no, be wearing a kilt? Oh, I don't know. He like he likes he likes to aerate things. I don't know. But anyway, it was a lovely night. We had, I don't know, about 50 or so listeners that turned up. Somebody came from Germany. Do you remember? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness. Talk, talk myself well into doing this again. All right, then it's going to happen. Right. Back end of this year, uh, November time, we're going to have the Dumpty Dum Awards. And uh, and I think we'll include some of your categories. So if you're if you so why don't you like ring in, call in, don't ring in. Not for this. Email in, go to contact, contact us on dumdydum.com and say, I reckon this should be a category for the Dumdy Dum Awards. And then we'll start getting those votes going um, some couple of months before we actually do the award ceremony. We won't tell anybody who and what they won and then we'll just get them there. But we also did an award for, for best listener, which is what Goddess Diva won, as I seem to remember. How about an award for best host of the podcast who moves from country to country? what oh i see yes no i can't think of anyone that would win that mm. no kerry would no. win that <laughs> <laughs> all right then goodbye you basil, basil see, could see, win see you most week. disturbances during one episode of a sodding podcast best mother that comes into the podcast bearing a tray uh, a tray of cookies and a cup of tea yes that would be yours yay how is your mom doing by the way she's fine thank you yeah when did you see her last uh last month and she's coming this weekend oh nice mm. my mum was on the phone to me blathering about nothing today um bit a bit of jip with the hip um, she, but she had to go go a yoga. Yeah, it was definitely hip jip. Uh, she had to go do a bit of yoga later, and she's moaning about the course that she's doing. The amount of work, and she said, "Oh, I don't know. I'm just too so, just too tired, too tired." What too course tired. is but she apart doing? From that, she is training to be. I forget exactly what the phrase is, but she can basically take uh, church services, but she's not con- a consecrated. Ah, oh, okay, a lay a lay preacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a, there's, there's a word for it other than calling it a, a lay priest. But exactly that. So she can actually even officiate at a funeral and oh. she can do all of that and stuff. So, And I must admit, it's come as a bit of a surprise to me. But um, yeah, she goes to church and all, but she's not really like a Bible thumper. No. But she went, oh, I'm just going to do this because I want to be able like to take services. And, oh. and she says, I don't like it when like they're a bit crap and boring so i think i've got ideas to make them not crap and boring so i'm going to learn how to do oh, this good and uh, yeah yeah and, and actually she did her first service um about two three weeks ago and um of course saw on the family whatsapp group the wider family whatsapp group she's asking everybody if they wanted to come along and various aunties and uncles and cousins went along and she stood up there and uh, did a god bit cool and they said it was good Excellent. Yeah, yeah so props props to mum props to mum oh 
All right, cool. Well, uh, I've definitely run out of things to say. Uh, so I'd rather quite prefer if we ended this podcast now, Lucy. Okay, can I just tell you one thing that happened that made oh, me laugh? Oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Go on. It's about my cleaning lady again. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember if I told you this last week. She was going on about Pharaoh this... and Ball paint. Yes, you did. I did. No, 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 it wasn't that one. This week... She told me she's having her sitting room redone. Do you? Re- is this real? Yeah, I promise you. Someone else said that. I absolutely promise you. I couldn't make up what the things she says. No, okay. This week, she said she's having her entire um, sitting room redone, her bedroom redone. And she said, I'm getting a new Chester. And I said, what? Chesterfield. Chesterfield. And she yeah. said, no, Chester draws. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Okay. <laughs> and she said she got a new bookshelf for all her armaments. <laughs> Where is she from again? She, uh, she's East End. She, is dis- she does have dyslexia, but she also, I mean... She's extremely intelligent. It's just her brain, I think, moves too quickly for her mouth. So the the words, she just grabs the nearest one, whether it's the right one or not. <laughs> As it goes flying past, she just sort of reaches out. Um, she does know she does it and she doesn't care. Mm. Yeah. Well, but it makes me, oh, I just, every, t- you, every time you, I speak to her, you, it's a new thing. And it just makes me cry with laughing. It's great. <laughs> You need to get her on the podcast. Chester draws. Yes. <laughs> get her on get her on for a little five minute section in a couple of weeks. Have a little bit of a chat. Be nice. I told her I was doing some um writing for um because mm. I'm doing some writing for the, the BBC Earth podcast. And mm. uh she said, Do you mean she said, Who makes that then? And I said, Well, it's like the natural history <laughs> thing. The BBC is the BBC natural history, and she said what you mean like David Attenborough? And I said, yeah, David Attenborough. And she said, oh, she said, he ain't funny. I said, no, I know. I'm not writing jokes for David Attenborough. And then she said, um, well, she said, but you're working with him. And I said, well, you know, for that department. And she said, I ain't being funny, Luce, but you better get a move on because he ain't half knocking on. You know, I did see him. I once walked into a restaurant about 10 years ago with him and uh, Richard Attenborough. And it was the first time I realised they were brothers. I just didn't even think. It didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> but as seen them sat together, I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, did you two know you were brothers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is clearly coincidentally of the same surname. I was like, it did never occurred to me beforehand and whatever. Um, somebody did say to me yesterday, or was it the day before? Anyway, like in the last forty-eight hours. No, this is. I was at. Um, um, I was at the Salesforce Tower on Saturday, Lucy, in San Francisco, and. It, you will know that it is the tallest building yeah. in San Francisco, and it's some, somewhat contra- controversial, yeah. and so because it really does dominate the skyline yeah. and stuff. But what Salesforce do, which is the top 
floor of all of their buildings at the weekend they give it out to non-profit concerns to have events and they put on the food and the drink. So uh, I went along to um, a school charity evening and I must admit I'm, I'm quite anti these things because I don't think that parents should be raising funds for schools. Yeah. And also what it does do, it um, really shows up the wealth gap. So specifically the school that I went to, to go and support. Um, it's a very diverse school, lots of Latino and black kids, but lots of Latino kids, like a lot of uh, the parent uh, governor meetings are conducted in pure Spanish. Right. That's how many yeah. Spanish kids there are there. Um, anyway, um, you wouldn't have thought that by looking at the parents that were there because generally the, 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 um, the Spanish speaking parents are um, poorer. Somebody said to me, I could just listen to you all night long. Right? And I'm not going to lie. I get this quite often, right, in terms of it's my accent, not whatever nonsense comes out of my mouth. I'm not going to say, oh, my God, I was just hitting them with pure intelligence and witticisms and those, oh. But it's just an English accent in America. Mm -hmm. It has currency. Yeah. Full stop, right? So I'm like, ah, oh. and she went, you know who you sound like? And I've had Hugh Grant. <laughs> I've had, you name any exactly. I've had I've had people say you sound just like Hugh Grant, and I nearly spat my beer out when I first I heard that. I sound more like Hugh Grant I, than you do, but anyway, carry on. Thank you, thank you. Right, and I just had to remark: if you were English or British, you'd know I sound nothing like Hugh Grant. But to an American ear, all they can hear is England. Yeah. All they hear is England, England, yeah, England. Yeah. Cup of tea, fish and chips, England, England. That's all they hear. But it, his person actually said, I sounded just like David Attenborough. <laughs> now, I, I tell you, Lucy, it shows like, how I'm aging rapidly. When I first got <laughs> to America like year old man. <laughs> five, five years ago, people were saying Hugh Grant. And okay, okay, he's a good 10 years older than me, but you go, okay, and he's somewhat of a sex symbol. But like, David Attenborough. <laughs> I need. I need to up my game. I'm telling you, Lucy. You know, no hint of irony. Wasn't trying to be funny, but you know, I could listen to you all day. You sound just like my favourite, that David Attenborough. It's like Jesus fucking Christ. Oh. You know, yeah. Who uh, knew he was from Birmingham? Who knew? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Bloody hell, there's a monkey up there. <laughs> <laughs> You do that too well, you know, too well. <laughs> but I tell you, the Salesforce Tower, as I said, Salesforce, in terms of tech getting it in the neck uh, from the from the good citizens of San Francisco, but also just from, from people full stop, they're saying that uh, tech companies uh, can be quite destructive to do with community, they're driving up property prices specifically in san francisco civil discourse is breaking down because of social media etc etc it has to be said that bloke that runs salesforce is one of the better ones uh, and he's browbeating all the other tech companies into paying their fair share of local taxes Good. to help the city of san francisco because the homeless problem there is something to yeah. behold you know you go under a bridge yeah. of any size yeah. and there are tents you know there are row rows and rows of tents do you remember tents. when london was like that in the 1980s when you went under the 
the tent city when you went under which bridge was it? It was by the South Bank. And there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tents and sleeping bags and amazing. Simon's just come back from San Francisco and he said he found it absolutely unbelievable. It is getting it is getting worse and worse. And the the unequal distribution of wealth, and you don't have to be a lefty to admit this, right? The unequal distribution of wealth is just staggering over here. There are so many people who are incredibly affluent, and I forget which... I've got Pinterest on the brain, but it might not be Pinterest, but I forget which tech company is going to IPO relatively soon. And they're going to create something like a fat, not a thousand, over a hundred new millionaires in Mm. the uh, Bay Area, because these are, you know, the early employees that were given um, sweat equity as well as a wage and went over a hundred new millionaires. And then you see... Um, I was in Oakland the other day and I drove past up right by um, Oakland Tech, beautiful um, Art Deco school. Oakland's kind of really famous for its Art Deco buildings. Then right next to it, there's a park. There's rows of tents, Lucy. Yeah. Rows of tents. And then you, but then you'll see people wandering around handing out croissants and stuff, like just regular people. There's a, there's a bakery just around the corner from there. And a couple of days a week in the evening, they just have all the stuff which they haven't sold outside. And it says, just please take this if you need it. They don't specify if you're homeless. It says, if you need this, please take it. Yeah. There is so much humanity that goes on in this place. But fucking hell, you see the wrong side of capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at that view over the, the South Force Tower, you know, my adopted home is so beautiful. It's so powerful. It's so rich, right? And and, and that's the reason why I went because it's the tallest building in the, in the city now and the views are just commanding and you can just think everything is right with the world. You know, I'm on the other side of the, of the world from, from my hometown and I feel fortunate to be here. I was in this wonderful event, you know, being lauded as the, you know, the, the slightly kooky alien who sounds like David Attenborough. <laughs> and then you go back down those stairs and you see people in real yeah, despair. Yeah. You know, you, t- you turn a couple of blocks and, and it's utterly horrible. Yeah. And I just hope that this place just fixes this problem soon because it because it, it's multifaceted it isn't just a case of sweeping these people up off the streets and putting them in secure places because then people don't want to be next to them you don't you know people regular people ordinary people who for the most part are good do not want to live next to people with these levels of problems you know there isn't the infrastructure for them to, to go into any kind of facility tomorrow this is a long-term problem which is going to need a multi-faceted approach to solve it but fuck me it needs to mm. because this place has got so much going for it and then you just literally lose you know the ship patrols in this yeah town. human ship patrols yeah. it's got that yeah. bad you know yeah Anyway, this is a this is a program about about the archers. So it's not the ship patrol. Can we just be clear? 
And it's definitely not mid-Atlantic. I went into mid-Atlantic uh, territory then. But I, I love this place. I really do. And California is is so special. Some of the best friends I've made in the last five years are, are all Californians. And everyone's a liberal and a progressive out here and stuff. But somehow, uh, big tech, rising prices has just blindsided people to... Well, it hasn't. What it's done, it's made people feel feel impotent that they can't do mm. anything to solve the problem everybody notices it but says but we don't know what yeah. to do yeah if bloody elon musk can say i'm going to build uh, tunnels and shoot cars down it you know for three for three fucking miles in los angeles and i'm going to put a tesla in space there is enough uh, wisdom and intelligence to sort out this problem over yeah. here you know we, we just can't be passive towards it and on that note now i'm saying goodbye Bye-bye. Well done, you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.